Authors are thinking all the time about their writing, about marketing strategies, about their next book. But we frequently overlook one of the best tools we have for thinking clearly, for thinking about all the details we need to remember, and that is mind maps. So today in episode 26 of Writing Pursuits, we're going to talk about mind maps for authors. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Catherine McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. Please leave a comment, a star rating, and follow the show to help others find Writing Pursuits. I will do my best to communicate on this uh, visual topic in this audio format of the podcast. However, if you want to see what I'm talking about, then go to www.writingpursuits.com forward slash podcast forward slash 26. You will find a link for the YouTube episode. See you there. Today, we're going to talk about what a mind map is. We're going to discuss reasons to use mind maps and cover some ways authors can use them to their advantage. We're going to go over the pros and cons of paper and digital mind maps, check out a few digital options, and then end with a few tips for using using mind maps. And the first thing we need to do is describe what a mind map is so that everybody's on board. And you've probably seen them. You may have even used them if uh, you've been a student in the last few years. I did not grow up using mind maps, but I think they're a great idea. They very much go with brain science and use it to our advantage. So a mind map is simply a graphical representation of related ideas and topics around a central topic. So the central topic for this mind map is mind maps. Usually traditionally has bubbles like this one right here lines connecting things together, drawings or doodles. I have embellished this mind map with art and they are hierarchical in nature just by the way they're drawn. So you start with a central idea, you come up with big ideas around that, and then you break those big ideas into smaller ideas and keep branching until you're done. The suggested direction is clockwise. That's kind of a tradition. Start at one o'clock and work around to 12. And there you go. That's what a mind map is. Now let's go over reasons to use mind map. First, it's fun. That can't be overemphasized. Who wants to outline? It is more engaging than writing words with numerals and letters in a strict formal list. And people love to doodle. Uh, when you're using a paper format, it's easy to doodle. When you're using a digital format, it's a little more intentional. It is more fun. It boosts memory and recall. Humans think in imagery, not printed words. Use that to your advantage. Studying and revising mind maps raises retention by 10 to 15%, according to a couple of studies. Mind mapping helps you learn new concepts by providing context and connections 
and strengthening the depth of understanding. Mind maps break down complex ideas. Great for planning. And if this improves structure, work is more coherent. You're literally connecting the dots. Um, improves productivity, especially in a team setting. You brainstorm faster, think efficiently, communicate effectively. And when it comes time to present your ideas, makes the presentations more dynamic brings concepts to life, and increases credibility. And finally, it's more flexible than an outline because you're just drawing links between ideas with the digital software. You can move stuff around very easily. It's nonlinear in nature. So when an idea occurs to you and you don't know where to put it, you can just write it off to the side and then plug it in later. Revision is easy. It encourages creativity. So those are the reasons to use mind maps, and they're very powerful. Let's go over some uses of mind maps for authors. These are just things I brainstormed. Um, there are probably hundreds more. Characters. So if you're going to map out your characters, you could talk about their goals and motivations, their wants, their needs, their physical attributes, and anything else that you think of related to your characters. Settings and world building culture, history, technology, language, names, clothing, etc. All the things you put into your settings. Structure. If you're a plotter, this is particularly applicable. Um, you could use your three-act structure and map it out. Snowflake plotting, heroes or heroine's journey. A three-story method. You could do all of those things or none of them, just depending on who you are and what you like to do. Marketing plans. Sometimes these are really dry, hard work for people to do. And uh, I can see putting in all kinds of artwork, links to things that you like for promotions, launches, ad campaigns, your social media campaigns, all the things that you need to, to do in your business, but tend to put off. So uh, use mind maps for marketing plans. Thinking things through. This has been a very big value for me this week. Uh, I've gone through a lot of my systems and the way I do things, mind mapped them out and had some very big moments of clarity. So it's been very valuable exercise for me. Content planning. Yes. Well, that need, need we say more? Your content calendar could go in here. And lastly, collaboration. So I think it would be very fun to have a, a partner or a team to collaborate with and to, to map it out on a mind map and have good discussions around that and, and bring together some plans that really make sense to everybody. And then people could use the mind map as a point of reference to stay on track. Anyway, those are some uses for mind maps for authors. Let's compare paper versus digital mind maps. You can always do both. Paper is readily available, and so that is one of its pros, is it's there, it goes anywhere, and also handwriting information helps with retention, so that is a big plus if you're a student. It enables doodling and artistic expression, only limited by your ability, and really who cares as long as you can remember the information. Cons of paper is the canvas is automatically limited to the paper size that you're using, Paper is fragile. It's easily lost, easily torn. Uh, you can smudge it. You can get it wet, etc. If you put it on a corkboard, people might think you're making a conspiracy board 
or a murder map, but I'm only sort of kidding. It is harder to make copies, edit, and revise a paper mind map. For digital, the pros are it's easy to create and revise. You have an unlimited canvas. Usually you can decorate it with art, links, notes, no artistic ability required. Digital mind maps are great for presentations. They permit collaboration. In fact, they enable collaboration. That's a big plus. Templates are usually available in digital apps. The cons of digital mind maps are that you need online access. It is not as engaging as doodling by hand. So it's more like work. It's not as much fun in some ways. In some ways, because it's easier, it might be more fun to you. You get what you pay for. And what I mean by that is in the various applications, the pricing tends to include or exclude based on the privacy of your mind maps, the number of boards you get, uh, the themes that are available, types of mind maps, like if it's speedy, organic, or radial, like we, we discussed in the other topic, export formats, and how many uh, templates are available. So those are the cons of digital mind maps. That's how these two compare. Neither one is necessarily better. It just depends on your situation and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, as I talked about earlier, we're going to go to look at some of the digital options. One of them is Coggle. A more expensive one is AOA. And this one that you're looking at is MindMeister. We'll come back to it. So let's switch over to Coggle. Coggle is a good beginner package. Um, it's less expensive than the others. As you see on the right here, they have some shortcut keys. All the packages seem to have that. So that's a good way, the good thing to learn to make your work easier and faster. Let's go look at AOA for a minute. AOA has an option I didn't find anywhere else, and that is a radial map, which is kind of cool for demonstration purposes. This is the speed map view. And as you can see, I have customized it a little bit. Let's scroll out a little bit. So this is the whole thing. It's quite large. Let's go to the organic view. That's kind of nice. It looks just like it says. To me, it looks like arteries or nerve diagrams or something like that. And then back to the radial view. Let's see if it fixed its little memory problem. Yes, there we go. So now we have the seven universal conflicts. It is more expensive. It has a lot more functionality. Um, you may not need it. I found that I liked MindMeister the best. So we're going to switch to that. One of the reasons I like MindMeister is they have this little theme button over here with several different themes, both light and dark. This is the default. It's called Mind Meister, I mean, Meister theme. And then they have the dark Meister theme. And as you can see, I have decorated this one up with icons and a photo for the central idea and a hand-drawn mind map. And then they have some quite beautiful themes. Here's one called Aquarelle, which is beautiful. Maybe my favorite is Blackboard, which looks like white chalk on a blackboard and then when you expand let me get rid of this when you expand it looks handwritten so that's really pretty one other thing it has that the others don't that i didn't find anywhere else anyway is a way to display it in a different way so you can see it as an org chart and then you can expand downward or as a line uh sorry a list which is like an outline you can keep going down the page like that and then it has 
several ways to export your mind map. So you can export it as a portable, well, as a PDF or as an, a rich text file or a Microsoft Word, PowerPoint image. You can also print it. So I find that this one meets my needs more than meets my needs. And I have uh, been pulling it up multiple times this week just to doodle around in there and figure stuff out. And it's been a big help. So uh, by all means, go out and test a lot of them. Most of them do have a free trial. So give them a try and get mind mapping. Finally, let's go over a few tips for using mind maps for creating them. The very first thing you need to know is that you need to zero in on a central idea. Once you have your central idea, as in this case, it's mind maps, then you can begin branching. Let the ideas flow. Just brainstorm, green light everything, put it out there. If you don't know where it connects, just leave it hovering out there on the periphery. Then move stuff around. Keep branching until you exhaust your topic and then edit. Connect maps if necessary. If one topic leads to another that needs to be explored, then you can link the maps together. I encourage you to try mind maps. I think that they will change the way you do um, your thought processes and maybe speed up your work and certainly help you write your books. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits, Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Keep writing.